Hello everybody. Welcome to the last episode of In a Nutshell, a podcast focused on innovation, entrepreneurship and bringing about change. I'm Akshay Sareen, your host for the first series where we explore social entrepreneurship. In a Nutshell, of course, a podcast by First Main in collaboration with Blessed By. Our guest for today is Divya Darshan Chandrasekhar, who is a senior entrepreneur in the Ashoka Young Changemakers team, and we're going to explore identifying a cause with him in today's episode. Welcome, Divya. Thank you. Uh, you prefer being called DD, you mentioned, right? Yep. Why not DC? Uh, no, it's, it's DD has just been what people call me since like high school, so that's just stuck. Nice. Where did you go to school? Oh, I went to school uh, in a place called Kamalani Ketan, which is in my hometown. Which is? Fritchi, Tamil Nadu. Oh, cool. Nice. I actually grew up in Madurai. Ah, interesting. Right. Yeah. Nice. So you work with Ashoka. That must be pretty interesting. Yeah, very much. I've always been interested in social entrepreneurship. I think I started my change-making journey when I was uh, about 13. Me and my friends had a informal environmental action club mm-hmm. and uh, uh we planted trees cleaned up a nearby river tried to segregate waste in our school and failed miserably but that was my first initiative and uh i've been a part of many different initiatives since and ashoka was kind of the mothership of mm. social entrepreneurship as a whole mm. and uh, after college i was um blessed to have the opportunity to intern here and then internship turned to consultant now senior entrepreneur thanks Sounds pretty cool. And what does your family do? Like, are they also in this space or? Oh God, no. My family comes from business backgrounds mostly and not really the folks who uh, take education as serious. My dad, who don't, for instance, who don't take education seriously. No, my dad, for instance, didn't even go to high school. Okay. My mom didn't go to college. Okay. By, by the turn of the century, they knew that education was inevitable. So they made sure we went to the best schools in the city, at least. And then I chose to go study at Delhi University. So you basically uh, started off in Trichy when you were 13. So I guess since our episode is focused specifically around identification of a cause, how did you identify that cause or that seed, you know, at 13? What moved you to want to take action? I think the answer isn't short, unfortunately. In retrospect, because at the moment, I didn't really know if I had a a passion or a specific reason for why I wanted to be involved in that. But in retrospect, I think it had something to do with me being a nerd and me watching a lot of Discovery and Animal Planet. And my school also took us for exposure visits and things like that. So I had a bit of exposure and the idea in my head that it is possible for you to start something and um, launch an initiative without anybody asking you or telling you to. Because in our system as a whole, we don't encourage or reward initiative. In fact, we punish it. Uh, And luckily, my school uh, didn't. uh, And that was a blessing for me. Mm. And so I think in retrospect, it was having a deep understanding of uh, the environment and uh, having love for environment. That was was the initial point. Uh, But the trigger was more when I realized that the river that's right next to my school is 
highly polluted and by the time it reaches to the next part of the city as it crosses by our area where the collectors of this my school and my court is it's pretty much a gutter whereas before entering the area it's it's decently fresh water used for irrigation people mm-hmm. take bath in it and the reason was most houses and uh, residential complexes in the area released untreated grey water into the canal mm-hmm. that is the primary reason for why it was happening mm-hmm. and when i realized that something like this was happening in my backyard i did not have a choice but to try to do something that's kind of what the trigger moment was when i got so, started sorry to interject so you said you didn't have a choice but to do something explain that feeling to me like what is that feeling that you feel when you see something that you believe shouldn't be the way it is like what is that feeling what do you feel when that happens so sometimes at least in the initial phases it might seem like anger or uh, disgust even but in reality it's actually based on empathy when you feel the pain yourself when you know how people are affected by it or how animals are affected by it mm. and you feel that pain yourself mm-hmm. you don't have a choice what to not do mm. it's uh, very much based on empathy yeah. and uh, even problems that we try to solve today at ashoka we primarily working on uh, identifying and supporting uh, young change makers and social entrepreneurs mm. and uh, the idea is to create a supportive ecosystem for more and more people to enter the field yeah. uh, and even if you're not entering the development sector per se even if you're in business, business government uh, education other spaces if you are a change maker then you're highly likely to be using positions of power that you are in to create social good so that brings me to what exactly do you do at ashoka ashoka was started all the way back in 1980 81 by bill drayton mm-hmm. and bill is kind of um, called the godfather of social entrepreneurship he pretty much coined the term and created the ashoka fellowship and uh, went about identifying these phenomenally entrepreneurial individuals mm. who had a system changing idea uh, to address root causes of pertinent social or environmental issues so that's broadly what ashoka does yeah. uh, identifying and supporting the social entrepreneurs and also young change makers mm-hmm. i work more on building the global new flagship program similar to how ashoka fellowship was launched in the early 80s mm-hmm. uh, we are now launching an, another flagship program called ashoka young change makers which is focused on people under the age of 20 who have launched an initiative oh, cool. uh, to address social and environmental issues and who have that power to be a change maker and we can bet that 10 or 20 years down the line regardless of which field or which walk of life they are in they are going to be creating positive change so i'm currently helping build that program out globally we have launched it in about 5 countries now we're going to launch in nigeria and uh, soon in uk or spain probably so that's uh, the primary work that i do at ashoka very cool and so how do you specifically let's say i'm under 20 and i've done like a bunch of cool stuff with impact how does ashoka help me ashoka's help starts right from the moment we make you a phone call if you're okay. made an online application and we know that you fit the criteria which is idea team impact then right from the very first call we learn about you but then we also see what insights and what uh, stories can we share with you that will help open up new perspectives mm-hmm. and uh, new possibilities for you and usually for entrepreneurial individuals just giving them a new possibility changes the world mm-hmm. so that's how we start and once you do get selected then there's 
a whole bunch of community events activities network connects mentorship mm-hmm. regular catch up calls you know media access or uh, speaking opportunities at josh tedx and things like that right. so it because we have a very diverse team of individuals mm-hmm. we don't have a uh, standardized engagement method whereas the strategy is there and we know what we want these people to gain how it fits in for each individual is very customized and very much depends on who the individual is and what they're working on so this this program in particular is is not charged to the young change maker no it's not charged to anybody so, and how do you guys fund these programs and it's through like donors and stuff for that or so globally it's funded through endowments and yeah. uh, in different countries funding might depend on uh, mostly donations uh, from individuals uh, or from corporates and do you work on any particular streams like in terms of verticals or it's across the board it's across the board for fellows and for young change makers it's sector agnostic sounds pretty exciting so like what do you love about what you do i mean it sounds like there's a lot to love about what you do but what do you love That's about it. what you do um there's a lot to love about it because in an organization of great grand ideas and people who have what it takes to make those ideas into reality the best part of working at ashoka for me personally is the people that you meet every day you wake up eager to go to office not right now but in general yeah. because you know you're going to meet somebody new learn something new mm-hmm. and it's just the creme de la creme people with high ethical fiber for one mm-hmm. and two extremely entrepreneurial really creative and are committed to the cause what's your your discovery mechanism like is it completely organic you just like hear about people through friends or through social media um, like how does the process work specifically for you the search process uh is a blend of different things and broadly it's mostly organic as in people find us through social media or online and these are usually kids who already have their initiatives are actively looking out for opportunities mm-hmm. and they find out about ashoka but we also extend our outreach to different organizations who have access to youth networks mm-hmm. and they then nominate oh this is a person i know who's working on something interesting shuka fellows tend to be magnets in their own cities for young change makers right. so they are either mentors or on the advisory board for different initiatives and so uh, they are able to nominate mm-hmm. but then we also find up a lot of different creative techniques we had difficulty you know identifying kids from the northeast so we hired an intern from the northeast and that having the diversity within your team mm-hmm. kind of immediately switched uh how you're able to find new people and new techniques and new platforms that you use to go about doing it uh we our community extends all the way from Srinagar to Port Blair from Surat to uh, Kohima all parts of the country so like what are your plans going forward with Ashoka or outside Ashoka whatever it might be personally i'd like to uh continue working at Ashoka because i don't think that could be anything better in terms of the work culture but then also in terms of the people you get to meet and the work you're doing and the sense of fulfillment nice so like what are some tips or suggestions that you'd like to leave listeners with when they're kickstarting their their identifying their cause and kickstarting their social entrepreneurship journey so when we do work with young change makers right when we evaluating applications mm-hmm. a couple of things that pop up regularly is one how they go about identifying their cause or why they are doing it mm-hmm. and more often than not the successful ones have their why as them personally facing the problem them or their loved ones or uh, them having deep empathy for the problem for instance girls working on menstrual hygiene understand what it means to not have menstrual hygiene uh, products and services and they know what it means 
and so they are propelled to take initiative so it it's got to come from a place of empathy not anger or resentment mm-hmm. uh that's the first step and secondly initiatives usually sustain the long term when their strategy has to do with everyone being a contributor rather than some people contributing and others receiving so if you come from a mindset of i want to give back mm-hmm. or i'm privileged and they are underprivileged right and if you, if there's a power dynamic or a power imbalance mm-hmm. in your strategy mm-hmm. then initiatives don't sustain long term whereas mm-hmm. if your strategy involves working with the community having different players the people causing the problem the people affected by it all the bystanders mm-hmm. uh, involved is equal contributors mm-hmm. uh, right from the beginning then your initiative kind of is is taken up by the community as something that they own rather than something that you own and that mm-hmm. is sustained in the long run so those are two broad things to keep in mind to start with empathy and uh, to engage with people as equal contributors thanks for sharing that and uh... Yeah, I think that's that's it. Wish you all the best for your working on. Thank you, Akshay, and uh, really great initiative. Hey, I'm Akshay Sareen, a dreamer and doer whose professional experience spans 21 years in shaping culture, creating community movements at scale, global marketing, creative leadership, and impact entrepreneurship. I'm also a musician and teach meditation and yoga. My purpose it's to share joy compassion equality and equanimity with the world as the founder of blessedby.com i'm on a mission to transform consumers into contributors and to create a community of 1 billion conscious consumers and then transform them into active participants in the developmental sector i came up with the idea of blessedby while visiting munar in kerala uh, working with an ngo called shrishti and i saw that they had beautiful products and i wondered why these products didn't go beyond the usual network of you know friends and family and i thought to myself that zomato uber have disrupted uh, different industries digitally why hasn't this happened with the non-profit sector when i first got working on blessed by i thought it would be india's first um, shopping mall with only non-profit made products because my the logic and the premise is very simple it's that um, ngos are always in need of funds and they're always out there you know asking people for money and uh, but the 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 tone and tonality that they use tends to be very let's say negative you know it's like very it's a conversation that's based on pity and uh, that kind of drives people even further away and at the other end i saw that you know people love things like we live in a material society so why not use capitalism or consumerism to uh, build a bridge between these two worlds you know one needs money and one needs product so why don't we bridge this gap and of course there there were many more issues that i saw in terms of a lack of transparency and accountability lots of non-profits you know they just exist and do things the way they feel like doing without um, sharing much information on how they go about uh, their work so i thought that you know let's bring some transparency into the sector so it works with many different stakeholders um so in in a nutshell uh, the the large aim was to transform consumers into contributors uh, to make them going from just being people who buy products to actually add value to someone else's life so consequently blessed by is a marketplace um which has non-profit made products uh, also made by marginalized communities and uh, a minimum of 70% of our sales of our top line revenue 
goes back to these communities. So, you know, when people talk about sustainability and ethical marketplaces, they give a percentage of their profits. We give a percentage of the top line sale, which is a much, 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 much larger number. So yeah, I created Bless Buy with the mission uh, to create a community of 1 billion conscious consumers and then transform them into active participants in the developmental sector. So I created this beautiful six-step user journey that takes people from buying the product uh, to actually volunteering, mentoring, donating, working with these nonprofits. Um, so our, our promise to the user, our tagline is very simple. It's doing good made easier because I believe that every human being at some level has the capacity to contribute to a life beyond themselves. And this is not necessarily based on how uh, well off you are. It's a feeling. And so anyone who is from a rickshaw, rickshaw driver to um, you know, a well-off businessman can contribute in their own capacity and their own uh, ability. And I actually learned this hands-on while working on a project. I saw that um, those who have the least give the most. And I kind of want to enable people to be able to, to, be able to do that. So, um, so yeah, our promise is doing good made easier. It's to empower a, a growing global community of proactive consumers to engage deeply with vulnerable makers and sustainable producers across the world. So it's not just about the people aspect. We want to help people help people. But we also want to um, ensure that these products are sustainably made and are good for the planet as well. So our makers range from the differently abled to survivors of human trafficking to um, you know, farmers, marginalized farmers, um, carpenters who uh, don't have access to work. So it's all kinds of people who who belong to underserved sections of society. And yeah, that was the thought behind uh, Blessed By. And it's not, I mean, while it's been started off in India, it's not meant to be just an India-only business. It's not even a business, it's more of a way of thought. I wish I could say it's been an easy journey, but it's not. The moment you want to do something different, you have to put so much energy and steam behind it to get people to, for it to snowball to a point where people actually take notice and say, hey, you know, what he was talking about six months ago, one year ago, three years ago wasn't just talk, you know, it was actually he's put effort or she's put effort into it. So it has been a very tough journey. What has been surprising is that experts in the field have recognized the value that Blessed By can bring to the world we live in today. So we got really lucky with um, very early on with getting amazing, getting an amazing advisory board. Where, where I've actually struggled surprisingly is on the execution side of things, getting people who are competent and actually believe in the cause and how Blessed By could be a very eloquent, I wouldn't say solution, but an eloquent answer to a lot of the problems that we face today. So my struggle has been that, I don't know if it's being in India, if that's made a difference because we do um, have a, a very particular mindset in terms of how we approach careers. So that is something that I wish for more of is to have youngsters, you know, in the range of, I don't know, 20s to 30s who want to come and be involved in something of this where they can where they can earn a living and add impact to the world that uh, they're part of. Because finally, what we're trying to do is, is to create change that will impact um, the, the generation, the younger generation, including myself. I mean, I've created this because I saw major glaring issues in the world we live in today and then we, need, we needed to fix it. So that has kind of been um, 
something that I've been hoping for is to get more support uh, from from functional roles. I guess there are not many jobs that kind of blend in uh, traditional career options with social impact. And that's kind of what I think we need to communicate a bit better is that, you know, your your traditional skill set can be used for something that has uh, so much more impact than just, you know, selling a product. So we've done a lot of really cool stuff with a very, very small team. But now I'm, I'm pretty clear that, you know, we need to get some funding in to scale up. And that's what we're working on next is to kind of get some grant funding to scale up our operations and to get the right people who are professionally capable and um, have the inclination and empathy to, to do something like this. So uh, like I, I like to call it a hustler with a heart, you know, people who can actually go out and hustle, but like they do it from a point of purpose because it brings a meaning in life. While doing this uh, podcast series in a nutshell, I noticed that there are a lot of common threads that all of us social entrepreneurs have. Uh, one is that we all have personally experienced the problem that we're trying to work on. And that makes a huge difference because unless you experience something yourself, you will never have the passion to change it around. And the second thing that I've learned from very uh, successful regular entrepreneur friends is that you don't necessarily need to have um, the technical skill set to make something happen. If you have the drive, the passion, and the ability to collaborate with people, you can always get technical experts to um, assist you on that journey. But the main thing is that you need to have the mission, the values in place. Um, another thing is that specifically for social entrepreneurship, and I wish for this to apply to all corporations, all entrepreneurs, is that let's compete less. You know, there's enough for everyone. Let's collaborate more. It's only through collaboration can we do more. And I think COVID-19 has demonstrated that really amazingly that, you know, people who have never talked to each other before have been in the same industry for 30, 40 years are now talking to each other. They're actually working together, creating solutions because they've realized, you know, we've realized that life is bigger than us. There's more, more to life than just me, my, and what's happening with my business and how can I work together with someone else to realize a, big, a, bet, a bigger dream that can impact more people. And uh, to quote one of my favorite things from, from Shark Tank, um, it's a super cool show, I don't remember if it is Mark Cuban who said it, um, but like they say, you know, like when these entrepreneurs come to pitch for funding on Shark Tank, they always ask them, like, what's what's more valuable to you, 100% of a grape or, you know, 50% of a watermelon? So think that big, you know, like there is enough for everyone. There's enough for everyone to share and, you know, to grow the pie together. And it's very important, especially when starting out, to see how can you collaborate with people, piggyback of other people's skill sets, and how can you add value. It's always about, actually, that's another thing that kind of brings up, that, that brings up something in my head is, is to add value. Always think of how to add value, because social entrepreneurship and any entrepreneurship is about value. At the most base level, it's about service to community. And I think, for example, the Tata Group is an amazing example of this, where they set up this, their businesses as um, a service to society, which is why a large a portion of the revenues go back to Tata Trusts and they invest directly in philanthropy, but also the Tata Group of companies, they directly invest so large, such large quantities of resources in CSR. And this is prior to all the CSR rules that came into India. So it's important when, when setting up an organization to ask that question, you know, why 
should this business exist why should this product exist and when you do become successful ask that question is my is my business and is my business model working just to sustain the business or does it still have a relevance in the world we live today so a lot of businesses do not need to exist for 100 years you know they they can serve a purpose and then they can you know fade off into the night gracefully instead of you know just gobbling up resources and becoming top heavy so always always keep the your mission values and purpose in mind you know why what is my reason to exist um, as an entrepreneur and as an organization and as a product and yeah you know it's always going to be tough just always believe in yourself surround yourself with people who a mix of people who who support you and a mix of people who bring you back to reality because it's a beautiful balance of like having your head in the sky and your feet on the ground so that's the kind of journey that an entrepreneur needs to take on a daily basis is think big but act minute yeah i wish all of you the best of luck and i hope you've enjoyed um, in a nutshell and uh, yeah thank you for joining us on this last episode of social entrepreneurship in a nutshell if you want to get in touch with any of the speakers just drop us a message we'll get back to you and uh, hope you've enjoyed this journey i have very much and i look forward to doing more things like this and would love to hear from any of you um that who've been inspired who have feedback it's just nice to connect with more people and uh, and do more things together so stay tuned and make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates on the next entrepreneurial series good morning good afternoon good evening and good night wherever you are